Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Totters and he is Aaron McIntyre. We will be joined shortly by a friend of the show and comedian who every time we have him on puts my teeth on edge. And he may be the only one, honestly. He may be the only one we have on this show that I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Tim Young will be joining us here for the Dace Group uh, here in uh, just a matter of moments. Also want to make sure uh, that you consider joining with our friends over at Patriot Mobile. They have been on the vanguard of building the parallel economy. They are America's only mobile phone, American mobile phone company. They do not take what you give them and then donate them to causes and organizations that are trying to end you. They support the exact same value system that you do. So now you can get a fantastic product. It's not enough that they support our values. It's a great product. And I can just tell you that firsthand, having made the switch myself. They have a superior customer service team. And if you move at any point in time, for example, you can switch to any of their major networks in network anytime for free. If you're a veteran or first responder, if you want to make the switch to Patriot Mobile today, let them know that. And they've got extra ways to say thank you for your service. Uh, For the rest of us right now, um, they've got a free smartphone offer at patriotmobile.com slash Steve for a limited time. Uh, you can get a free smartphone if you make the switch at patriotmobile.com slash Steve if you use the promo code FRIDAY76. The code is FRIDAY76, free smartphone with with a switch with the, with the promo code at FRIDAY76, limited time offer. If you want to switch today, use the code FRIDAY76 at patreonmobile.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. And with that, it is time for the day's group. Your weekly look at the week that was begins with the fact that I want to mention, I didn't realize the Seattle Seahawks wore their original uniforms last night. Those are better than the ones that they use. Yeah, because they have the they have maybe the ugliest uniforms in all of American team sport. And these ditties from when we were kids, Todd, are dramatically. So see, I was watching the Newsome DeSantis thing last night, so I didn't know that they wore these. Why, why did they ever stop wearing these? Do you know? Uh, we're tackling the major issues in America right now. Why did the Seattle Seahawks switch from these beautiful uniforms? Who's, who needs to be fired for this? Which, which we're talking about these we, we're watching yeah, yeah, on TV yeah, yeah, right yes, now? Yes, the, the Steve Largent era, uh, you know, Kurt Warner's, yeah, Kurt with a C, Kurt Warner era Seattle Seahawks uniforms. Yeah. I got to be honest. Uh, these, these are okay. Next to what they normally wear, it's Estee Lauder. Okay. But let's mm-hmm. get to it. All right. Tim is over there saying, what the hell are we doing here? Indeed. Let's get to yeah, issue. I don't, I don't, I don't football. What's that? I didn't watch the football. Yeah, I didn't either. I, that, the, Aaron's got the highlights here on the bottom screen, and I'm like, the Seahawks actually wore their good uniforms last night. I'm, I'm totally distracted. So let's just get to the talk. Issue one, bleep Lord Nefarious says. Woman 
who was helping decide sex education curriculum and more in the Godly ISD is now removed from multiple positions within the school district because she's a convicted prostitute. A Fox 4 investigation reveals she's also advertising herself online as an escort. Fox 4's David Centendry has more. A convicted prostitute actively advertising as an escort was serving on a council that recommends appropriate grade levels and methods for human sexuality instruction within Godly ISD. There's not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Russia interfered in the 2016 election. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist, and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. Are you suggesting the New York Post participating in a conspiracy to construct the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop? No, sir. The problem is that hard drives can be manipulated by Rudy Giuliani or Russia. Well, as an Arab asking with this context to condemn Hamas is very anti-Arab racist. Make sure we're available. Um, as uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. The notion that this was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative. Many of those killed on October Thank 7th, you, your time is up. including children, were killed by the IDF. An amendment condemning Hamas is bald propaganda meant to... Thank you. Your time is up. President Trump saw me crying on TV and gave me a nickname, Crying Chuck Schumer. <laughs> them complain about Hamas violence is like listening to a wife beater complain when his wife finally stands up and fights back. When you think about it, all law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. Question. Did anyone else notice that those who oppose this resolution are old white supremacists? Um, I had an in-depth conversation with Stevie Wonder last night, who is... I love Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Again, for the serious question, I had an in-depth conversation with Stevie Wonder last night, who is asking, requesting okay. a meeting with the president. He's very concerned about the black agenda falling along the wayside, and issues like laws of 50 years ago that are now being abolished or gutted to include issues like the Voting Rights Act, what happened in Arkansas last week, uh, affirmative action, Supreme Court, as we've seen it, ban on books, and he's also even brought up issues of the Congo. Of course, I couldn't understand a word of that because she was wearing a mask. Aaron, I, I, I don't want to do this on the air, but because you normally, I mean, hit a grand slam with these. Can you explain to me, is there a reason why you ended this with video from 2021? That was from earlier this week, Steve. Stevie Wonder is really concerned about issues of the Congo. <laughs> Maybe she's, Cong she's wearing a mask this week? Yeah. This happened this week? Yeah. This happened this week? I've, I've started to see a lot more people wear them. Mm-hmm. Every, I think almost every person except for maybe one or two in that Oakland City Council meeting, they were all wearing masks. That was just this week. Well, there are lots of reasons people wear masks in Oakland. That's true. If you know what I'm saying, brother. All right. What was the worst of the worst you just witnessed? Tim Young is the guest. We start with you. I think it's the people defending Hamas, and I think every one of them should be sent over there. I'm happy to start a charity to send every person who supports Hamas, especially women, uh, over to uh, over to the Palestinian Hamas uh, regime. 
It seems only fair. I mean, why not give people exactly what they want, right? I mean, you're you're a performer. You understand. You give the audience what it wants, ultimately, right? And so, Except therefore, when I perform at your birthday, yeah. <laughs> yes, then you roast me, correct? <laughs> all right. But in this case, if I mean, you if you love this so much, by all means, I think the least we could do is offer you a one way trip because it'll be a one way trip, frankly. Uh, we can offer you a one way one way trip, the finest of accommodations, of course, uh, a one way trip to exactly to the uh, progressive utopia known as Hamas Stan uh, that uh, that you are clearly uh, pining away and longing for I think that's a completely legitimate proposal I will donate to that charity as Indeed. soon as it's uh, functioning it, it doesn't even be tax deductible I mean I, I'll, I'll just I'll just do it like donating to a favorite politician those aren't tax deductible and this one the good news is because it's a one-way trip they're not unlike when I doted, donated to Ron Johnson that one time and now my phone has hated me ever since because I get 10,000 uh, uh, text messages and solicitations every single day ever since I did because I'm on every list in the universe now okay um, but in this case these are all one-way trips none of these people are coming back so you won't be getting pinged with text from hamas send us more okay it's a it's a one-time it's a one-time transaction todd what about you uh i'm the same let's let's go back in that time machine shall we to september 11th 2001 what happened in new york city and then, Steve, you're, because of your memory, it was just days afterwards. How many days afterwards was it when George W. Bush, the Republican president... It was like two or three days it later. Was very, yeah, it was yeah. within the same week. Throughout the I hear you, the whole pitch, world. He's no, here, throughout oh. the first pitch. Oh, at Yankee Stadium. At Yankee Stadium. Okay, all right. So a Republican, you, you'll still get shivers, being cheered like he's in deep red state somewhere mm-hmm. because America, damn it. Yep. Now fast forward from that time to just days ago when in that same Big Apple there are a horde of Hamas, uh, what are we going to call them, American... How about uh, simps? Uh, Operatives, Hamas American sleeper cells simps activated. Surrounding one of the most famous Christmas trees in America and screaming, tear it down. And apparently nothing's done about it. I, Folks, the Big Apple has fallen. You, we could not have imagined that. This is the point Steve makes in the, the, what would past generations have done. What happened to New York tough guy? Where is he? Your Christmas tree is being surrounded by terrorists. You got nothing, New Yorkers? Nothing? It, we are down the rabbit hole, man. Again, now I have to include Tim in this as well. Tim and Todd, this is rhetorical. You are not permitted to answer this. In fact, just mute them, Aaron. Okay, <laughs> okay. just mute them so they can't talk. I don't trust either one of them. All right. Rhetorically, of course, how would every other previous generation of Americans reacted to Islamo-Nazis attempting to interrupt a solemn Christmas performance? And that's, that's why no other generation of Americans faced anything like that. 
Uh, Tim is clearly getting ready for tomorrow's Big 12 championship game right there in Dallas where he lives. <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma State, guns up. Cowboys <laughs> going up against Texas uh, in a big – That's the la- and it's Texas's last Big 12 game, right? A lot of fire for that. You know, will Texas walk out of there with the Big 12 championship on its way to the SEC? Will Oklahoma strike the big for final Big 12 honor? So you can see Tim is already getting in the mood. Uh, Aaron, go ahead. Let's go back to the beginning. Do I have this straight – a convicted prostitute was on then a yes. board. Yeah, then yes is the answer. Stop that there. That was deciding. Yes is the answer. Yes. What to teach young children about sexuality. Well, you want an expert. And, <laughs> and this was happening in godly, in godly Texas. The only question I have is, is nefarious or God down there or up there singing, here's your sign, here's your sign, here's your stupid sign. That's the only question that remains. Am I missing something here? No. No, you're not. You're not missing anything. I mean, what was the story? I don't even, this has been such a week, I don't think it made your montage. The woman who killed her kids, and she's, uh, she's, she's facing the possibility of parole. And she's uh, she's talking about how, you know, she looks forward. She thinks she could actually be like a good step parent or a good uh, what? Yeah, I didn't even like, see that. Yeah, like someone that could uh, you know host uh, kids in the fo- a foster care parent. I'm sorry. You pulled at me. He said it's worse. It's worse. <laughs> it, it's even worse. <laughs> okay. Here, here's how bad it is. I tried to come up with a Lindsey Graham this week. For the exit question, man. I mean, I tried. I, I mean, I, I, I tabled it. Came back like a day later. I mean, I, I mean, I thought really hard. You want to give Tim Young a go? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Actually, no. I'll take terrible ideas Suddenly that will probably be fun, yes but get yes, everybody fired yes. for a thousand dollars, Alex. <laughs> yes, no, we're not going to do that. Okay. So, on a scale of one to ten. With one being as, as let, let, let's just make it very plain. With one being as depraved as Lindsey Graham is when he's on, when he's getting to the bottom of it with Sean Hannity. I'm just coming up with this off the top of my head right now. All right. Tim's very disappointed All in right. you right now. And 10 being how depraved Lindsey Graham is when he's getting to the bottom of it off camera. That wasn't bad for off the top of my head, was it? I would have done what floor Hamas would have had a public meeting with Lindsey Graham on. From <laughs> Closer? <laughs> no, Todd. Stop. <laughs> Rank this week's level of total depravity, Todd. See, he's making you uncomfortable in this segment when it's normally on us, so I approve that message. No, that's what that, see, that's the problem here. I am uncomfortable and you are contented. That is the problem. <laughs> that is when you know we're in danger here. All right? So, Eric, Todd, you're at a 10. 10. Aaron, what about you? Ten. What about you, Tim? Uh, I think it can still always get worse. Eight. There you go. It can, and, hit, and if there's one thing we have learned the last several years, it can always get worse. That is very true. Speaking of which, let's get to issue two. What is the actual breaking point? 
Last fiscal year was the worst on record for illegal immigration into the United States. According to Customs and Border Patrol, they encountered nearly 2.5 million illegals at the southern border in fiscal year 23. Just since the start of the new fiscal year, Border Patrol has apprehended at least 21 sex predator illegals at the border. And then there's this report from Fox News. Stuart, we have new numbers, a new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security Majority. They say the price tag per year is $451 billion. That is both for the housing and care of the asylum seekers as well as those known godaways. I misstated something. Those 21 sex predators caught at the border, that was just in one sector since the beginning of October. Well, let's go back to 9-11 and reset a, a research point that uh, I pointed out on this show a few months ago. Uh, since 9-11, we, if, if you took the total amount of people that we have imported from Islamist-dominated countries, that we've, for not even illegally, we just agreed to accept either legally or as refugees or asylum seekers, because I'm sure, I'm sure we vetted them all, right? Right? Sure. Sure. All right. If you took the total population of those people from Islamist dominated countries that we have imported, it would be the 36th most populous state in the union. The 36th most populous state. Now, let's let's say 99 percent of them. Were completely and totally vetted. They weren't. And we have a pretty good read on their character and, and caliber and qualifications. We don't. But let's say we do. And it's 1%. You'd be looking at a, a standing army in the tens of thousands. Let's say it's 0.1. You'd be looking at a standing army way beyond the size and scope of the, the 20, what was it, 20, 21 people pulled off 9-11? Something like that? Yeah. Okay. So I, when it comes to what's happening with our immigration process, both in terms of the financial and societal cost. When, as to quote the great prophets, Led Zeppelin, when does the levy break? How much longer can this go on? Todd. Well, we really don't know. Uh, and this is Isaiah 1. Where would you yet be struck? Take a drink. Go ahead. We, we do not know. Uh, the closest we've got to knowing is when it affects like Eric Allen in New York, and they start grousing about it. Mm -hmm. But then can we count on them to have any answers that are actually objectively and holistically good? Of course not, because this is, we are living in the Hunger Games. And uh, my, my daughters are big fans of it. Uh, over Thanksgiving, we saw the prequel. I know Steve's seen it as well. Maybe we'll end up talking about it. But it That's is, coming up on Tuesday. It is excellent. Yep. It is excellent. Yeah. But the end of the movie, and I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not spoiling anything, um, but there's a conversation between the head game uh, maker, who's Viola Davis, I believe, mm -hmm. and, and the young Snow. And she asks him, what is the point of the Hunger Games. And he's he gives a couple reasons of what he used to think it was. And then he says, what is clearly the, the, the truth of the matter, everything is the Hunger Games. It's not just the game itself. It's the whole 
it's it's life it's it's everybody else exteriorly what they want why they watch what motivates them and that's what's going on here because this is something that the immigration thing is still something that pe- most of the capital just watches through tv right now so you don't it, it, and and because we aren't a people that evaluate based on that's a problem for uh, the districts in other words yes, and that's why they were pissed at abbott and desantis last year shipping them to martha's vine- vineyard right yeah, because so, because it put them dropped them on their doorstep for a change but you don't yeah. have objectively grown-ups don't they could see that on tv and realize this is unsustainable this is bad this is immoral this is wicked this is for even the people coming a lot of the, that 99 percent you said for a lot of them that's bad for them too this mm-hmm. is this is unsustainable mm-hmm. but we aren't those people we are full of children these days who whose bottom line is comfort and and they their main way of filtering is emotive so they if until it reaches their backyard in some way they're just not going to care and that's that is the that is the ethos that runs through a lot of the hunger games as long as they can be entertained in some way and not bothered we have no idea where the bottom of this is steve especially if you're being entertained by the suffering of other people sure yeah what do you think tim When's the levy break? Uh, I think when we ship enough of them to liberal areas, I don't think we've shipped enough of them there yet. Again, even Newsom last night whined about uh, DeSantis sending the people, the, what was it, 48 to Martha's Vineyard, mm-hmm. and they had them removed within 72 hours. So, you know, the, the, the people of Martha's Vineyard, it ruins their brunch when they see a brown person. So I think we ship more and more of them to those liberal areas until they can't handle them anymore. And obviously the people of Chicago are complaining about it. Uh, Eric Adams are complaining about it. We need to literally have a uh, you want to live the American dream. As soon as you get across that border, I think I, I'd be happy to spend my taxpayer dollars or even donate to, to put these folks on buses and planes and get them to those areas as fast as possible and ruin those cities, uh, those liberal cities, even quicker than what they are being ruined. Yeah, but those people, this is where I, those people will just join uh, the uh, New York Hamas branch and rally around the Christmas tree and say, tear it down. That's my point. I don't even think that's a deal breaker. You think that it, there, there, you think there is no, not that we've seen, no I, think, I hope there's something that, but that, that, that this is just a, York, it's a drain circling. New York's a really big place. There's all kinds of people with all kinds of wealth around that place that can find ways to isolate themselves. What is obviously sustainable in the near term, but Hey, they don't have kids anyway. So who cares? Aaron, what do you think? Yeah. There's no point in which the levy breaks. I'm convinced. I mean, we're witnessing this in the West. Where else are we witnessing this in the West? In Israel right now, basically kowtowing to Qatar and American pressure not to do what needs to be done with Hamas. As our friend Jordan Schachtel, I think it was, or maybe it was uh, Josh Hammer, pointed out this morning, uh, they're fighting this war on Hamas's terms. Yeah, Josh wrote about that for Newsweek today. Yeah, Uh, There is no point. Until... What, is, what did you like to say all the time in 2015 and 2016, Todd? The status quo is the status quo until it isn't yes. anymore. Maybe you just dropped drop that. I don't know. That's what we're seeing here. Until that changes, I, that's going Correct. to be my pat answer. Because we've sh- shown no willingness. Let's go back to the last segment. No willingness. We had a prostitute teaching or uh, deciding what young children could learn about sex ed in godly Texas. I, there is no point... Correct. Immigration? Come on now. We can't even get it right in our own schools. Give me a break. There's no point at which a critical mass of people will say, no mas. (sighs) 
there's no point where the consequences of violating natural law are self-enforcing. Just remember, Aaron, you reset this beautifully not very long ago on when we were kind of asking a question like this. And then you flat out reminded us of the father of Tibbins. Uh, Molly Tibbins. Molly Tibbins, yeah. who just said, please don't lash out. So for the people who don't know, yeah. Molly was murdered here in Iowa. I think it was back in 2020, wasn't it? By an illegal immigrant. No, by an illegal that was alien. 2017. 2017. Yeah. Okay. Back in 2017 by an illegal alien. Uh, that uh, had been hired uh, to work for, I think, an agribusiness here Something in Iowa. Something like that, yeah. Something like that, right? Yeah. And uh, he was a violent offender, and but, you know, they, they needed cheap labor. So that she, he murdered her. And was it, was it her dad's business, actually, the more I think about it? I don't know about that. Okay. No. I mean, it might, maybe it was, but I don't no, remember. That. No, okay. it wasn't. But, he was right. from San She's Francisco. out jogging. He was from San Francisco. That's right. The dad was from yep. San Francisco. She's out on a jog. Yep. And that's right. Thank you. And uh, the dad from San Francisco said, similar to, if you remember, the Fort Hood shooter. If you guys remember that back in the day, the Fort Hood shooter. And like the next day, the secretary of the army was on CNN, hoping that this would not uh, you know, impugn our, our vital Muslim uh, outreach efforts to import more Muslims into the yep. military. Okay. Um, and the, her father was on TV, gave an interview and said that, uh, you know, he really doesn't, he, he, this should not be used as a tool, uh, you know, to stop importing illegal aliens, yeah. even the murder of his own daughter. Yeah. So, you know, I think all of you know by now, and I think I can uh, lump Steve and uh, Aaron in on this as well. You know, if somebody does that to my daughter, I'm Samuel L. Jackson in A Time to Kill. I say that without apology. I say that, you know, and, I, and this guy, his daughter was murdered. So, yeah, Steve, we ain't close is my point. I mean, I don't want to get metaphysical here, but it's kind of my shtick, so I will... If, if you guys are, if all three of you are telling me that there is no point where natural consequences can deter us on the paths we are on, nothing could happen. Nothing. There's, there's just, there's no way that, 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 that natural consequences could do so. You guys understand what you are yeah. ultimately saying then. I don't then, think then there's it will, nothing. It will require some supernatural yep, consequences. Yes. You guys understand that, close. right? I just don't think we're close. There is something, but it's what you're talking about right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, if, we have, if, we're, if we're beyond responding to natural consequences, it's going to require the supernatural variety. Is there any part of you that could have imagined what you saw there? Wait, for, forget the porn in the schools, just around the New York Christmas tree. And no, then I mean, nothing I, would I, be I, done? I, I, go back, I go back to some of the crazy shows I did early in my career when we were fighting over gay marriage in Iowa, when the court tried to impose it. You know, and I would come up with these crazy examples of if we allow this, you know, could we have a father marry his own son then because they've decided that uh, they're same sex attracted and they don't have to worry about conceiving a child. OK, what that'll do genetically because they're both males. I mean, I, I would we come up with these like crazy slippery slope arguments. If you went back, what was that, like 2009, 2010? Mm -hmm. You went back and uh, and found the Steve Dace, Tim, that you sent me a picture of last night. That was about <laughs> that era, okay? You go back and tell that Steve Dace that he's going to tune into Fox News one night and watch, a, watch an event moderated by Sean Hannity where someone literally held up pictures, yeah. artistic renderings 
of gay porn. That, that's right. That was me back then. There you go. Artistic, artistic renderings of homosexual acts in their most blatant pornographic form because this was being shown in public schools across the country. I, I would have, I'd have been like, no, we can't put that on the air. That's too nuts. It'll go against our claim. It'll be too crazy. Mm -hmm. No one would ever believe it could devolve like that. Save that stuff for, well, back then it would have been a message board or a Reddit forum. Okay. That we, we can't, we can't come to the table with an argument that silly. It's beyond the bounds of credulity. And yet millions of us watched this last night. That, yes. that, that actually did happen. It did. Our society lives and breathes beyond the bounds of credulity at this point. Let's get to the exit question. Oh boy, this is a meta question. What is more likely to be fixed in our lifetimes? Immigration or the debt? Aaron. Debt. <laughs> Look at Tim's reaction. Even the comedians like this is this is beyond even my levels of cynicism. Are you serious with this question? We're not actually entertaining this, are we? But Aaron, you think it's the debt? Go yes. ahead. Why? Uh, I think it's going to be fixed like um, like a new currency, a regional global yeah, government. Like when you do CPR on an elderly person and you break their ribs, it's going to be fixed that way. OK, Tim, go ahead. Oh, I didn't. Think about the world digital currency that might fix it. That yeah. hey, look, the House GOP expelled George Santos today, so they can get back to, to you know naming post offices. So if they can do that, they can do anything. <sighs> what what <laughs> what do I hate most about the Republican Party? That it puts you in a position that you have to that you need somebody like George Santos elected. I don't know who is and then George turns Santos. around and hammers him when the other side has no that you're up against has no standards whatsoever. That's what a terrible position to be in. That on mm -hmm. one hand, why are you making me root for George Santos? And I have to root for George Santos. I st who is that? <laughs> I've been He's here. He's the first trans member of Congress. <laughs> I've been seeing headlines about this George Santos guy for like the last year, and I still don't know who he is. Fox, every commercial break last night, ran a promo for their George Santos interview this morning. Every commercial no. break. They did. Every commercial break. Todd, which is more likely to be fixed? I think it's a very clever out that Aaron just took. But face value, I think immigration. Even if we decided to be responsible in the near term, we in our lifetime, Steve, we can't pay back this debt. I don't think that's possible. Okay. I could see it be debt the way Tim articulated. Yeah. We just are a regional global government yes. now and we just have to control all delete but it has and make nothing the, to do forget with the whole thing. Back, no, yeah. no, no. It, but it's a fix, I guess. All right, more in a moment. Back here on the Steve Day Show, we'll get back to the Dace Group here in a moment. First, a word from our friends over at My Patriot Supply. If you just listen to our panel tell us that they don't believe there is any natural consequence that would force us to actually defend our own border. And you're thinking, well, that's problematic. Indeed. <laughs> okay. Might be a great time just to sit there and think, you know, just in case. Indeed hear more of that too just in case let's make sure we're ready and that's where our friends at my patriot supply come in get their three-month emergency food kit right now that's breakfast lunch dinner even drinks and snacks 
the full 2,000 plus calories that you need. There's well over a dozen different meals and sides so that you can mix and match uh, for variety. Stays good for up to a quarter century with proper shelf life. Listen, it is better to, to not need something but be prepared just in case than to need it and not have it and not be prepared. So if you want to be prepared, go with America's number one food preparedness company. That's My Patriot Supply at preparewithdace.com. If you order by 3 p.m. today, your food kits ship fast on the same day for free. Same day, free shipping. If you order today by 3 o'clock at preparewithdace.com, that's preparewithdace.com. All right, let's welcome back in comedian Tim Young as we march on with our weekly look at the week that was. And let us get to issue three, Newsom versus DeSantis. Well, that was something. Florida Governor and GOP presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis uh, debated California Governor Gavin Newsom on Fox News last night. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he was really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, oh, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California. You know, California does have freedoms uh, that some people don't, uh, that other states don't. You have the freedom to defecate in public in California. You have the freedom to pitch a tent on Sunset Boulevard. You have the freedom to create a homeless encampment under a freeway and even light it on fire. Joe Biden is in the pocket of the teachers union, and so is Kamala Harris. That's why they fought by the way, school it's not openings Kamala when, Harris. when he Shame came in you, there. It's Kamala when they had Harris, that in Ron. It's Kamala Biden came Harris, into office Madam and he Vice brought in the teacher to union you, to be Harris. able to. It's also important to respect parental rights to know what curriculum is being used in the classroom and everything should be age appropriate. I actually have something that I brought that some parents have objected to. So this is a book that's in some of the schools in California, Florida. This is not consistent with our standards called gender queer. I, it's some of it's blacked out. You would not probably be able to put this on air. This is pornography. It's cartoons. It's aimed at children uh, and it's wrong. So this should not be in schools. Let me just say something about parents' rights, because he Sorry. says California respects parents' rights. This is rich. He's been telling a lot of whoppers tonight. This may be the biggest. In California, if you're a parent in Iowa or New Hampshire or South Carolina, your minor place. child can go to California without your knowledge or without your consent and get hormone therapy, puberty blockers, and a sex change operation, yeah. all without you knowing or consenting. How in the heck is that well, you know honoring parents' rights? This is a map of San Francisco. <laughs> There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a, a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town, then they cleaned up the streets. I don't mind Gavin lying to me, but I do mind him lying to you. Uh, he is sitting there <laughs> saying that Joe Biden is willing to solve this problem? Is there anybody out there that actually believes this? This is a slick, slippery politician yeah. whose state is failing, people are leaving his state, and he's trying to run interference right. for his failure. This morning, Politico reported that Gavin Newsom's wife actually had to step in and end the debate on behalf of her husband after Sean Hannity invited DeSantis and Newsom to do an overtime round. Yikes. So first question, did it live up to the hype, Todd? Oh, I think there wasn't all that much hype in many respects. So it just like 
it, it, it changed. It was entirely different Overton window. Like, first of all, as I've told you multiple times on the show with pretty much the same rant, America, he's right there. Take him. But in each one of those rants, I did chastise you for, like, just not a grown-up who who actually had the red wave, won by 20 points, uh, has, has been the epitome of what we've been asking for, at least St- Steve and I, for most of our adult political lifetime. But I did chastise you for, like, getting in the way. He, there, You just wanted too much show. Why won't he give you the show? Well, you know what? You got last the show night, last you night. got the show, too. Yeah. I didn't expect... I knew he would be good. I didn't expect props. I knew he would be good, but the good that I'm trying to convince you is enough in this day and age. And I don't, I, I was right, but you got the show too. You absolutely got it. So now you are without excuse. He is right there, America. Take him. Tim, did it live up to the hype? I had no hype for that thing. And uh, uh, look, I I think it's too little too late. I know you guys really like DeSantis. I want to know where this DeSantis has been. Um, and, and, and maybe it's advisors telling him not to be aggressive. I would have liked to have seen that sooner. I would like to see that version of him out in the in the field when he's campaigning. I just I haven't seen this person. And I was very glad that he was there. But I, I just think, again, like for me, DeSantis is in the best governor right now. Hands down. The best person attacking the left right now. Hands down with policy. Nails it. And like one of the worst politicians. Like, he just can't get it together. And last night, it finally showed up. But I feel like we're in the late stages of this election, and it's it's too little too late. My inbox, that was the most overwhelming response I received last night, is what you just said. Most overwhelming response was, this is, this is the Ron DeSantis I saw as governor, and or where has this Ron DeSantis been for the last six months? That is the, those are the biggest responses that were in my email in my direct messages, private text messages, mentions on, on, on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it. That's the number one reaction I received. Steve, where's the, where is the first election that is held that decides who president is? What state is that in? Right here. Right. And has that happened yet? It'll happen in 40, I think I said 40 days last night. I, we get to December and I want to skip ahead to Christmas. It's 46 days. I think it is actually right. So, Yes, 46 days. Yeah. It's not too late. Of course not. It's not. This, what? Mm. We got to. Tim. Good you grief. guys are fans. And like as. as no, 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 I'm not. Absolutely as, not. I am. No. Let him finish because we get to talk so about this now. all the time. Go ahead, Tim. I, yeah. No, I just I don't see it from the 50,000 foot. I just don't see it happening. I don't see anybody overcoming Trump. And I just it's just the excitement. I had a ton of excitement for DeSantis very early on, and it burned me because I don't know. I think he should whoever is advising him if he loses these elections, which I believe he will, should never work in politics again. Oh, my goodness. Aaron, what do you think? Well, I mean, everybody said in what was it? uh, 2008 Huckabee didn't have a chance in 2012. Rick Santorum didn't have a chance in 2016. Ted Cruz had no chance against Donald Trump in Iowa. Iowa is just different. And of course, if DeSantis comes through in Iowa, the narrative right away uh, from basically everybody in the right wing sphere as well, Iowa, well, they don't pick presidents, they pick corn. And they'll list all of those things, which they just got done telling you, you know, I don't see it. They'll list all of those things. Well, you know, none of these people became presidents. So, for Iowa, there's enough time. It's, there's definitely enough time. For the rest of the race, well, that's why we play the games. So, I don't know, just from the, 
from the view in Iowa. So having a 50,000 foot view from somebody who's not here is, is and can be valuable, but just from the ground here in Iowa, I, I don't really see on the flip side the energy that's required to get out on a January 15th cold night. I don't see that from from Team Trump. I just don't. I do see that from the DeSantis crew and campaign. Like the inevitability of Donald Trump. You want to talk about people who have worked for presidential candidates that should be fired? What is Donald Trump's track record? Oh, not hey, all the best I'm not, people. I'm See, not saying that his people. I'm not saying he picks good people, Todd. Come on now. I'm well, saying I'm. What's the standard the then? Because it's not like, fandom. It's competence. No standard anymore. Consultants make their money. They say dumb things to people. I'm editing myself because it's Steve's show. They say lots of dumb things to people. People listen to them, and our country's in the crap hole right now because of that. Like, it's it's across the board. We have to – literally, I think we have to blow up the Republican Party and start over in order well, to win in this country. Now we're on the same page. And, and I, I – what? Now we're on the same page. You and I agree yeah. on that wholeheartedly. No, I think we do. I just think that I am more cynical because, again, I'm not in Iowa, and I don't see that. But it is, if Ron DeSantis wins Iowa, fine. But I don't think that's going to reflect the rest of what's going on. If he loses Florida, I think his political career is over, and I think it's a shame. Let's move to the future of this event, because I think it has actually far-reaching implications beyond the conversation you guys just had about what, are, what may or may not happen 46 days from today in Iowa. I, I think what you saw last night, um, if, you are, if you are Team Biden, you were ecstatic with that last night, in my view. Mm-hmm. The, the crown prince, the j- junior, okay, um, he got, I mean, you're, you're calling every... Every Democrat media hacktivist right now, and you've been doing it since 10 o'clock last night, saying, so uh, Junior got to, got pimp slapped by uh, a guy losing to Trump by 50. I, 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 to me, if, if whether it's Trump or, any, or DeSantis or anybody else next year, if they're able to win this general election, we need to go back to this event. And I mentioned earlier the Yari Curry, the, the Wayne Gretzky assist to the Yari Curry goal. This was an assist. This probably guaranteed, barring health intervening, and it could at his age, that the Democrats are stuck running Joe Biden next year. Uh, because this was the guy that had been, he'd been rolled out. He'd spent the summer and the fall doing all these interviews, all these press avails. It's very clear what he was, what he was launching. And he was, he was the, oh, maybe the only guy they had on deck in their on deck circle. And he got obliterated last night. I mean, the odds that you, the odds that Joe Biden will be the Democratic nominee barring health skyrocket, skyrocketed after last night, moving forward to 2028. I, I, I don't see where I don't I'm not sure, Gavin, this was Bobby Jindal at given the State of the Union address where he just never recovered from that. I don't know that he'll recover from this. And you move forward to 2028 as well. Ron DeSantis is 45 years old. There isn't much of a bench on the right either. There's a reason why Trump's running again. There's not a lot of big there's not a lot of exciting names. There's not a lot of people that were going to be able already to match the record resume. And keep in mind to the 2028 Iowa caucuses begin. If 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 DeSantis is not the nominee and Trump is, the 2028 Iowa caucuses begin 5 seconds after the after the election cuz whoever wins that is is a lame duck whether it's Trump or or or, or Biden at that point. It, no one already was going to approach 
DeSantis's record, but you could, you could, if you were running against him, like Ted Cruz or somebody who wants to run, they could say all the things that, that Tim just said, which is, Hey, you did a great job as governor. We, you took a shot on a national stage and you didn't measure up. Dude, this is a big bleep and win a huge win for him as a future political brand. I agree. If he, if he, if he loses his home state primary, difficult to come back from that. I agree. But this is a monster win. And if I'm a Republican wanting to run in 2028, I did not enjoy that. Not named Ron DeSantis. I didn't enjoy last night either because this is a monster W in my view. Agree or disagree on that exit questions. I was going to say the House GOP had George Santos lined up for 2028, but they expelled him today. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Let's just end it. That's perfect. That's perfect. As I as I get three more texts from Mike Johnson asking for money as he keeps spending my money, okay. That literally just happened as we were talking. I looked at my phone. There, were Mike Johnson, uh, Robo texts asking me for money. All right, let's get to our eggs, our, our our kicker topic, issue four. If you could make any other two living Americans debate each other, which two would you pick and why, Aaron? I would take um, Dr. Anthony Fauci and Dr. Peter McCullough. Oh my! I have the exact same answer, and you know I, I don't. I can't even envision coming up with something better than that. It was the exact same answer. I swear. I, I, in fact, it's so good. I'm like, why didn't I just think of that yeah. right off the top? Yeah. What about you, Tim? You want to see if you can do better than that? Uh, any queers for Palestine representative and a leader of Hamas? <laughs> That's yes. pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ty? Ty? <laughs> can we? Can that be a Twilight doubleheader? We can't run them back to back. We're all going to need smoke breaks in between, like an intermission, just to, okay, that was good. Grandma, grandma, grandma. All right, let's reboot. We're good. We're charged back up. We're good. Because you're going to be spent after each one of those. Okay. All right, let's get to predictions. Aaron? Tomorrow night's final score, Michigan 38, Iowa 3. They will get on the board. They will get on the board. You really think it's going to be 38 to 3? Yep. Did you see that their team total now is two and a half? Is it now? Yeah. From wow. 0.5 to 2.5. In the first half? In the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Todd, what's your prediction? Well, let me take a shot at what it's going to take to wake us up. I predict that in a bizarro world, reverse Jericho on Super Bowl Sunday in Vegas. Hamas protesters are going to surround oh my. the Super Bowl and march around it and blow their horns saying, tear it down. Oh, you know what? You're right. That would do it now. Do we still get to play the game, though? How many <laughs> idols? <laughs> how, yeah, see? They, how we many forget idols about it by halftime. That's the thing. And everybody else's, everybody's complaint on the inside is, you know, I've, I've got money on this game. We got to get this thing. Yeah, done. you're exactly right. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about one of maybe the biggest day of the year in terms of the micro economy in America. Tim, what's your prediction? Uh, I will have to buy cable for my house so I don't have to tune into Rumble to watch Laura Loomer eat pudding while watching a debate again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to lose my fiance if I do that. I was I was yelled at a lot last night. But it was the best thing for not having Fox News on my TV. It was the best feed we could get was Laura Loomer smashing, I'm, I'm not kidding you guys, chocolate pudding. It was disgusting. 
I think I'm making that up. I, I, no, I know. The thing is, what's funny is I know you're not. Steve, That's why it's funny. I know that you're not. Steve okay? could have tasked me with the job of making sure I watched every minute of it. If, if I knew this was going on, I would have tried. It, 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 I, no. I would have said, Todd, your assignment tonight. Unemployment line looks good. <laughs> um, my prediction seems kind of trite now after that. Um, Argentina's new outspoken libertarian president is about to become a lot less popular on righty Twitter because he's gonna, he says he's going to convert to Judaism. And so thoughts and prayers, if you're the social media manager for Argentina's incoming uh, beloved libertarian president, once he completes that conversion process, your engagements are going to be sadly be taking a hit. So I just wanted to give you, my, uh, that's not even just a prediction, it's also a heads up. If you're on the digital team there for Argentina's new president, engagements are about to decline. Am I wrong? No. No. No, no you can't. Yeah, there's a whole horde of populist, so-called conservative, you have to look at this from Hamas's perspective. I mean, what a weird world. You know, we might have a new exit question for the Days group. It might not be Lindsey Graham tropes anymore. It might be, what would it take for you to watch Laura Loomer on a live feed eat pudding? Okay, it might be that. Tim, good to see you as always, man. Thank you. There's a lot of pudding. (laughs) Yes, that's what she said. All right, we'll come back with Feedback Friday here in a moment. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He's Aaron McIntyre. You are you. And you are very important to us because you're why there even isn't us. Literally, we owe our entire lives to you. So thank you. Let us know what you think about what we think by emailing us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Gitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can also find me uh, via podcast, which a lot of you have, and we appreciate that. So please, if you appreciate us, uh, leave us a five-star review. We love those. Keep them coming. Thanks to those of you who did that already for us. Uh, Hit subscribe, or in the case of iTunes, uh, click follow. That way, every time we do a new episode, it shows up in your feed Every single time. This part of the show brought to you by our friends over at Relief Factor. If you have been struggling with chronic pain, you've tried this, you've tried that. Have you tried Relief Factor? It is the drug-free anti-inflammatory you may be looking for because inflammation in your joints is probably the reason that you're struggling with that chronic pain. If you have clinical pain, make sure you get you know professional medical help. But if it's chronic Relief factor, maybe about 70% odds that it's the solution you've been looking for. Where we get that number? Well, about 70% of the people who try the three-week quick start for Relief Factor see such great results in three weeks or less that they stick around and use the product long-term. And so why not see if you don't see a difference in three weeks or less? It just costs you 20 bucks to find out what you got to lose. All right, get the three-week quick start for $19.95 right now at relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com, or you can call them at 800, the number four relief, 800 for relief, or go to relieffactor.com. You know, we were sitting here carrying on the conversation during the break with more about the debate last night, and it just dawned on me because of the, the way that the show is formatted with the Dace Group, and 
And there, we had no idea how the debate was going to go. And so I, I'm, I'm thinking preemptively where to slot it in to which segment of the of the roundtable. I mean, if, the, if this debate had happened like on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday, we would have spent a lot more than what, like the eight or nine minutes mm-hmm. we spent discussing. And, yeah. and then a lot of it actually, that conversation even went to like with the future. I want, let, let's take a few minutes here and discuss the debate itself. And... And, and one of the things that, uh, that, that I had a lot of communications going last night with a lot of names you guys would know, okay? Um, I'll share one of them because he's a friend of the show. He'll be on the day's group next week, our friend Paul Alexander. And one of the things that he texted me last night watching this is he was stunned at how Newsom had no substantive uh, you know, answers on these issues other than deflection or references to identity politics. And meaning that there wasn't a justification that be if let me meaning that if you set aside, we're doing this because of identity politics. We think we need to we think we need to need to do this for things to to be fair. okay? not necessarily because it'll work. All right. If you take that issue off the table, in other words, what is the other rationale for why you would let California become what it has become? And I've been out there twice this year if michigan wins on saturday i'm going out there for a third time for the rose bowl it ain't like what it was like man when i lived out there as a little kid it just isn't i mean it, it's dramatically different and uh and he was and paul's like i was surprised that he had nothing else to offer and and i responded back to him you know why there isn't anything else to offer there there are no practical reasons why these policies are good these are these are done because of um, because they are an application of a worldview. There there is no objective data that shows we would be better off with this level of control or command. We're not. No country, you know, the old Ronald Reagan line: "No country has ever taxed itself into prosperity." For example, okay, this never works. But we're going to do it because, but but the but. The other side, the, the, the people driving much of the other side do this because they falsely believe this is how the world works or worse, this is how the world should work. Many, many years ago, uh, when I was still working on WHO radio, my mentor over there, Jan Michelson, who passed away this year, by the way, just a tremendous human being, one of the best men I've ever known. And he was interviewing uh, one of these uh um, liberal evangelicals, um, you know, the Tony Campolo, Ron Sider crowd, James something or other was his name. And I can't remember his last name. And he brought him on the show and they got back, they went back and forth on what the constitution permits. They went back and forth on what the data shows is the best approach for human flourishing. And it got pretty heated. And the, and the debate actually went on at, uh, afterwards. He wa- Jan walked him to the elevator, and they, they argued all the way to the elevator. And he told me that the last words this guy said to him as the elevator doors were closing, he goes, I don't care if it's constitutional or not. I don't care if it's practical or not. We're going to do these things anyway. Stop and let that simmer for a second. When I, when I present to you a Christian worldview... I do not do so on the basis that I think it is it is the the philosophically superior religion. 
I don't, I don't offer you and neither anybody else, if they're being honest, does not offer you some philosophical treatise on why Christianity is better. It really begins with a very practical assertion. Did, did a dead carpenter named Yeshua walk out of a tomb on the third day? Did that happen or not? Can't get any more practical than that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I would admit resurrection is not very practical, okay? But did it occur or not is. Did this event happen? If it did, then we will go back now and discuss these other matters at a meta level. But there's no point getting up to the meta level if down here on the ground level, the dude didn't walk out of that tomb. We are in a position now where that argument won't work. There's no objective data you could show people like Gavin Newsom that what they're doing is wrong. This is either the way the world must work or it is the, or they, or they think it's the way the world does work. Their view of reality is different than yours. What happened last night, and you can also check this off your bingo card of things Steve never thought he was going to say in the year 2023. After a slow start, there was a masterful job moderating this event by Sean Hannity. Masterful. You know why? Because he relied on data. I mean, the one thing Gavin Newsom said last night I agreed with is he was confronted with CDC data and he said, that CDC data is wrong. I'm like, all right, on on that you and I agree. (laughs) But throughout the night, all Sean did was just show data. From official government sources, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the CDC. Left-wing gun-grabbing yeah, organizations. Exactly. Just showed, him, just showed him data. In other words, reality. Showed him reality. And made Gavin Newsom defend his assertions and his worldview vis-a-vis reality. They're never asked to do this. How many years have I sat here and said, one, the number one thing I learned with all those appearances on MSNBC. You know, like you've said before, Todd, I want to run for Congress one day just to know what I'm missing. What, what, is, the, what is it that I don't know? It, it, what it goes on there that makes all these people lose their souls, right? Okay. Yeah. That's one of the reasons. I, I mean, I did all this stuff with MSNBC back in the day for two reasons. One, I was an independent show starting out, and I just needed to get my name out there as much as I possibly could. So there was a very practical reason. But, but the second was my own personal curiosity. I, I needed to know. Is there, is there some incantation formula fact that that this other worldview knows that i've never been taught because it just seemed to me everything they were asserting was an exact opposition to reality and i didn't want to assume that that was the case so there must be something i don't know and you know what i learned after three to four years and about 50 appearances on that channel nothing else there is nothing else there's no incantation there's no formula there's nothing else there's there's, you're not missing anything And as I've told you for years, if they had better arguments other than you're a racist, misogynist, xenophobic bigot, I mean, the two things that Gavin Newsom reverted back to last night, uh, more polls, and uh, you want to take, I mean, they'd ask questions about people crapping on the streets. Uh, You want to take a woman's right to choose away. If he could argue this differently, he would. If there were ways to debate this without immediately assuming you're a knuckle dragger, or using name-calling, they would. They use these tactics because there's not. There isn't. And by Sean framing the questions the way that he did, with just straight-up data, hey, can you explain this? Can you explain this? Can you explain this? 
You know what you found out? Can't explain it. They're in opposition to reality. There has never been a reason to cower to these people. There's never been a reason to fear them. This is all self-inflicted fear. Well, they'll call me a racist. I'll get canceled. I'll get banned. By who? People who hate you? Why do we care so much what people who hate us think about us? This is largely a self-induced decline. We were not invaded by a hostile force. We ran from them after we let them in. It's the other way around. Much of this, and if you want to know why guys like Daniel and I are constantly on the serrated edge, why we're constantly three seconds from I can't even, it's because of what I just said. It doesn't have to be like this. We didn't have to let it get to like this. We don't have we didn't have to be outnumbered like this. It doesn't have to be like this. But it is because we permitted it. It's on us. They're not smarter. They're not better. We just suck. And so last night, when you had a fully adjusted adult, not someone with narcissistic personality disorder, but a fully adjusted adult who knows his stuff, did his, did his research, brought receipts. In other words, actually prepared for the job of president. You watched him absolutely take the shining jewel of the next generation of the Democratic Party and bleeping wreck him, man. Wrecked him. And barely knew him. To the point the wife has to step in, like in Rocky throw four, throw the damn towel. Your wife has to step in. And save your sorry ass. Because all they get to do is talk to other people in, other, in the media who also deny reality, who also believe they can reshape reality, who also believe ye be like God, who also believe that they will ascend like the Most High. And so their presuppositions and premises never get challenged, never get asked to line up with re- actual reality, not the one in your mind, in your fever-dreamed imagination, but the one we all have to live in. The dude literally sat up there and, commu- and, and claimed he's not for regressive taxation when it's eight bucks for a gallon of gas. Highest sales taxes almost in America. Nothing's more regressive than that. But they're not asked to, they're not asked to justify their positions and premises with reality because they largely get to talk to people who have the exact same broken brains. In this case, they didn't. And Ron DeSantis, bringer of receipts, absolutely destroyed him. What did James Wood say last night? It's a good thing they don't penalize murder in California. Because Ron DeSantis could be arrested for one after we did it, he did to Gavin Newsom last night. You know what? You, a lot of you, if you watched that, learned what I learned on MSNBC. Well, I don't want to speak up. Aunt Petunia may know something. I don't know. She doesn't. Well, my boss may know something. No, they don't. They don't. We're just weak. We're Correct. just weak. They don't. We're just weak. And what you watched and learned last night, there isn't anything you're missing. 
This is total depravity. It is moral insanity. It is literally in opposition to reality. Now, that doesn't mean that every position we disagree with is in opposition to reality. Increasingly, that's closer to the truth, but yes, fundamentally, you're correct. But we're talking not here about the old left of center, right of center right. debates about how much of government to use in right. this situation that, that we weren't, we're talking about here's gay porn that Fox yeah. news cannot show on screen. Should we show this to your children or not? Right. That's insanity. Correct. There's nothing you're missing except courage. Oh, say it again. That might have sent chills through me more than anything you've ever said on this show. There's nothing we're missing or you're missing other than courage. The courage to do what Ron did last night, to bring the receipts. And let me say this, because, yeah, I mentioned this last segment. The number one reaction I got was, where's this guy been the last six months? I can, as someone who has gotten to know him in his campaign pretty well, I can answer your question. You're not going to like my answer. Do you want it? I don't care. I'm going to give it to you anyway. You know why you finally saw this Ron DeSantis last night? You haven't seen this one a lot? Because when, when his campaign does focus groups and talks to Republican base voters, you guys reflect back to them that you can't take it. You couldn't handle it. If DeSantis dared to challenge Trump on the level he did Gavin Newsom last night, you guys would melt down. That's your idol. Yep. You couldn't take it. You couldn't you 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 couldn't react to it and say, "Yeah, I liked Trump when he was here, but looks like man, this guy's where we're going now." No, you get insulted that he would dare say we should have didn't done better. We should have built the wall. We should not have shut the country down. We should not have poisoned the country. The problem isn't DeSantis and his campaign. That's not to say they've done everything perfect. They haven't. By the way, as someone who's covered a lot more campaigns and been involved in a hell of a lot more of them than the vast majority of people that's ever done worked in this business, by the way, let me tell you, let me give you a list of campaigns that have done things perfectly. None. That's the answer. It's hard. It's really hard. But here's the reality. When they talked to focus groups of our own people, and said, all right, here's what we're planning on rolling out with. You recoiled. You couldn't handle it. D don't, don't, don't tell me my idol isn't saving America. And this is why I took umbrage with the fan comment. Those people are the fans. That's, that's, I'm not. That's what, this is who this guy has been this entire time. This is, this is how you slayed Florida. Not sitting there and calculating, well, you know. I wanted to do this, but the focus groups are telling me you get really pissed off if I actually point out that Trump didn't keep his promises to you. And then, and so then I guess I got to try to get the Nikki Haley vote, but I'm way too right wing for them. So I sound like, I, I sound like Mr. Rogers trying, uh, uh, where, where do I go? Last night, remember what I said before the debate? No one has to worry about winning the other side's voters. So everybody's free to swing away. From the moment, dude, that thing, dude, Ron DeSantis came out on this debate like a virgin on his wedding night last night. All right, everybody's gone. Cake is served. Everybody left. Hotel. Hotel door closed. Let's go. I mean, it was just, 
Dude, I was like, wow. It was like six months of energy that's been sitting there. And he's like, finally, someone I can target this on, and there's no blowback. No, no, no one to show me a, a, a focus group of, of, of cultic idiots who couldn't possibly just decide that, you know, I like Ron, but I just think it's, you know, I, 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 Trump's been president before. He was a good president. I have no argument with any of that. None. Never made an argument. I don't have an argument against that at all. It's the, well, don't do that. That's my Trump. That's idolatry. Last night he knew, I can, I, can, I can annihilate this guy. I can do whatever I want to him to his face, and nothing. there'll be no blowback. No, there'll be no campaign to show me a focus group video later in the day about how my own base is now suddenly deciding, well, maybe the jab wasn't bad after it you know, poisoned me. Now I can just let it rip. And you saw what happened when he did. He's not the problem. He's not perfect. Needs to like learn things like don't take a drink of water till the camera's off you. But he's not the problem. Never has been. We are. Amen. There's a unique level of idolatry here. And that's the issue. And that's always been the issue. That, that's why the grift core exists. If there wasn't an audience for the grift core, they, they wouldn't be grifting. They're grifting because there's an audience for it. That's the issue. The issue's always been the idolatry. By the way, if, if I know you don't see it tonight because of your idolatry. I know you don't see it today. But here's the, here's the irony of this, and then I'll hand it over to you guys to finish out the segment, okay? Here's the greatest irony of this. If you want Donald Trump to be president again, <laughs> last night did you a tremendous favor. I mean, Ron DeSantis made it virtually impossible for the Democrats to kick Joe Biden out. He took, he took their future star. And he did to his candidacy what people like Gavin Newsom will do uh, to, in reality. He killed it in the womb. He killed it in the womb. Gavin Newsom as a national entity was partial birth aborted last night. And didn't survive. He's done. So one of the points we've been making, doesn't matter what Trump is polling against Biden because he's probably not running against Biden. Well, whoever we nominate next year probably is running against Biden, provided he's still alive. I'd much rather run against an 80-year-old dementia patient than someone who doesn't have dementia. Fair. Sure. Yeah. That's the great irony of all this is if you want Trump to be president, what DeSantis did last night was a was was quite the assist to that end. Because it made it greatly increased the odds we're going to be running against Joe Biden next year. And you'd recognize that if you weren't an idolater. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Idols are either crushed or they crush you. There's only two ways to end to this. For the part of Trump's base, and not all of his supporters are cultists, 
No. At all. If we have to say that, then I guess we've we've lost this the plot on this a long time ago. But yeah. We do have to say that because eventually somebody uh over at uh Laura Lumeeputting.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is gonna take it out of context, which they willingly and gleefully do. But for the segment of his followers that blindly are devoted to that man. There's two ways cults end. Either they end themselves in Jonestown, or they are ended a la Japan and a nuclear bomb. There is no positive outcome of idolatry and cult-like behavior. None. You either crush it, or it crushes you. Yeah, I agree about uh, not all Trump fans are called uh, uh, Trump followers are cultists. But this is where the fan thing comes in. The fandom, at the very least, the fandom of wanting that moment of Trump winning again. Because remember what it was like when Trump beat Hillary and uh, that was tune in television for a little while. If it happens again, trust me, the three of us are tuning this. That's going to be something to watch. I, I, I get it. But I'm, I am the opposite of the fan. This whole thing makes me think of the movie Moneyball and that great scene at the table where all the old scouts, those are the Trump fans. And they're telling you the, about the eye test and this is how things are done. And Billy Bean and whoever Jonah Hill's character is, a guy who does not know baseball at all, he's just an accountant who knows numbers. And they're being told by these old guys... Well, this is just the game. This is the show. This is the way things are done. And so the eye test, the Yankees get all the best eye test. And our eye test, by definition, is going to give us all of the secondary market eye test. But this is how this thing. And here's this guy who comes in with the cheat codes and says, you, you, your way, you're telling me by your own rules that you are almost always going to lose. I have cheat codes here that'll give you a chance to win more often and they just can't they can't even oh, it's too late all kinds of excuses not the way things are done we don't do I... Ron DeSantis is the cheat code and I'm not telling you that because I'm a fan it's because I just want to win and give my children a chance at a decent life I'm the guy who's never seen a football game in my life but I go into the stadium and you have multiple options for quarterback, and you keep rooting for the guy who's throwing interceptions, and then even when he's not playing, he gets thrown in jail all the time for what he's doing in the... And you've got this guy on the bench who for... He, he, he's, he, he's just not showy enough. But he's going to win. To me, to me it's a very simple process. Now, I didn't say easy, it, but the, here's this is the choice before us, essentially. Like Joe Rogan said the other day, Democrats have no cards to play against Trump. I wouldn't go so far as to say they have none, but they don't have many to play at all against anybody. But he said that's that they've got nothing to do other than imprison him. I, well, that, I agree, that, that and that's exactly what they're going to do. They're, they're going to do that, okay? But, but here's the thing. We had an election in 2022 where one place gave us the red wave that the rest of the country should have had, and that was Florida. Cheat code. Then we watched him last night 
as a as a potential national standard bearer absolutely wreck destroy felonious assault the 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 democrat candidate the, the presumed democrat candidate either in 24 or 28 so we have two proof of concepts now yes and so with 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 those both those proof of concepts this is the choice for republican primary voters we can spend all of next year talking about trump which will greatly increase the odds we will lose. If, if there are many things Trump is good at, like pre-COVID, he was pretty good at being president. One thing Trump is not good at is taking the conversation off himself. The one thing Trump and Democrats have in common is they want the entire conversation to be about Trump. You know who doesn't want the entire conversation to be about Trump? The American people. And they keep they have shown this now in every election cycle we've had since 2016. They do not want the conversation to be about Trump. So we can spend next year. Right, can't don't make the Ron DeSantis is not unproven anymore. He's governed on the second biggest stage in this country, other than the White House, Florida. And then we saw him last night, mano y mano, destroy a would-be Democrat standard bearer, the crown prince of the Democratic Party. Destroyed him. So then this is our choice. We can either spend next year talking about Trump, which will increase the odds we will lose, or we can spend next year talking about you, which will greatly increase the odds we will win. That's the choice. That's Moneyball. That's the choice. That's the choice. It's an election we have to win. Have to win. So we can spend next year talking about Trump, which is what Democrats want to talk about, or we can spend next year talking about you, which is what they don't want to talk about. That's the choice. It's really not any more plainer than that. That is the choice. And it's not too late to make it. Don't let anybody tell you differently. But there's plenty of people that think that way. There's not that there's not evidence to suggest that what Tim said here last hour is crazy. But after last night, I mean, it is what it is. This is the choice. We can spend next year talking about Trump. Or we can spend next year talking about you. One makes it more likely we will lose. The other makes it more likely we will win. That's the choice. That's it. I think we even kind of know what a Trump-DeSantis debate would look like. It probably looked a little bit like what we saw last night. I think DeSantis or Trump would try a lot of the same tactics, and you saw DeSantis would bring the receipts. So that, that mystery has been largely solved, too. So we can spend next year talking about Trump and lose, or at least increase the odds we will. Or we can spend next year talking about you and increase the odds we'll win. Feedback Friday's next. All right, back here with our friends at Preborn. If you are looking for a great cause to give to all the year long, but particularly this time of year, a lot of people are looking at holiday or year-end giving. Few investments you're going you're gonna to make are worth the investment more than Preborn. It's just $28 to fund an ultrasound that has 80% odds of convincing a mom who is considering killing her child to not do it. 
would you would you risk 28 bucks for 80 percent odds to save a life uh, i know you would a lot of you would a lot of you have so let's keep it going because that's what they do at preborn. They show moms who are thinking of aborting their child, killing their child, the ultrasound to hear, to feel that heartbeat. But then they also show them grace when they make the choice for life. They show them love. They offer them prenatal, postnatal care. Um, they're there for them. They understand that just talking that mom out of going into that Planned Parenthood is not that that's not the end all be all. Like, you know, like a, look at it. Use a war analogy. D-Day might have been the most formative event in World War II, but World War II didn't end on June 6, 1944. It went on for nearly another full calendar year, at least in the European theater and even longer in Japan. So they understand that that's the, that is a key battle is getting her to choose life, but they know the war is not over. And so they offer all of that pre and postnatal care for free as well, provided they have funding from people like us. When you go to preborn.com slash Steve, that's preborn.com slash Steve. Again, go to preborn.com slash Steve. All right. Can I say one last thing on this? Then we'll do a lightning round of feedback Friday. Okay. I've got a piece coming up about, um, idolatry for the blaze here soon and what i have been fascinated by is it's it's rarely been the the best argument for the trump candidacy has rarely been used and that's what bothers me if if polls showed desantis was way behind because trump and his supporters his support network stayed on a very disciplined message of um America was better when Trump was president. And Trump is a better president than Biden. That those would be that'd be a very difficult message to argue against. You know why? That's true. Because both those things are undeniably true. But that's not often been the argument used. Uh Ron's a neocon cuck. His wife faked her cancer. He's not likable. We actually shared Donald Trump has actually spent more money on arguing against Ron DeSantis. Way, way it's not more. even close. See? Way more than on Biden so far. Way more. It's not even close. Yeah. Those haven't been the arguments often used. He's not loyal. He betrayed us. In other words, the absolute most venomous, idolatrous arguments were chosen instead. If Ron DeSantis called me up and said, Steve, how do I argue against Trump's pitch that he was just a better president than Biden? And he did a good job overall. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Because I could, I mean, I could point out that his presidency, how terrible all the, how terrible 2020 was, and that's all true. But then if you're, if you're packaging those two things with Trump was a better president than Biden. Well, I agree. I mean, that's why we were sitting here during the 2020 election after we were so frustrated with the Trump White House all year long. I'd be contradicting myself, Mm -hmm. right? Because what did I do down here for the last 90 days leading up to the 2020 election other than turn it into a damn vote for Donald Trump, turn out the vote telethon, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd be contradicting myself. You know how much I like contradicting myself? I don't. You know that. I hate that, actually. I, I wouldn't know how to argue past that. And I would think probably you can't argue past that. That's though not often been the arguments used. The arguments used are the exact same things that Democrats use to beat Trump and Trump labeled candidates. 
there, it's not a tight, disciplined message on issues. It's, it's you have to accept us as a brand. You have to accept us as a movement. The American people don't give a turd about that crap. They want elections to be about them, not about you. They weren't going to vote for Carrie Lake because she was close to Donald Trump. They're going to vote for Carrie Lake if they thought she was going to really shut down the damn border. It's not about a brand. It's about the people. And what's happened the last few cycles is the Republican Party in very limited places, Iowa, Florida, stopped running about the people. In 2016, the Democrats had a plan. Let's give Trump all this media coverage. Let's get him the nomination. He's the most beatable candidate. And they thought it worked. He accepted the nomination. Remember during that campaign, we were remarking about how little we were hearing from Hillary Clinton. She was like gone mm-hmm. for weeks off the campaign trail. They wanted Trump to be omnipresent, like a Max Hedrum. His head is his, his just, they figured he was exhausting. Well, it turns out that Trump actually understood that it was about the people and not about him. And he, their plan blew up in, his fa- in their faces, and he won. This time, in, in 2016, in 2016, Trump adopted our principles and positions to bolster his ambitions. In 2024, Trump tells us we have to abandon our principles and positions for our ambitions. We can't be pro-life anymore. We, we don't know if a, if, a, if a man can become a woman. Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Someone came at me yesterday and said, well, that's a stupid attack. You're right. It's totally dumb. Totally dumb to want to know what the true fate was of the, of the individual who may have accumulated more blackmail material on global elites than has ever been accumulated in the entire history of this planet. You're right. It's dumb to want to know his fate and why. Why would anybody be curious to know that? This is about him. He wants it to be about him. I was wrong. They stole the election from me, which I agree with, by the way. The people want the elections to be about them. And what they have shown the last few elections is they will vote for Marxist if Marxists run about them over us if we run about Trump. They don't want it to be about Trump. I think if Trump could make it about them, he'd absolutely beat Biden. I'm just having a hard time seeing how he's going to do that. He doesn't want to talk about anything other than himself. They're, they don't want to talk about anything other than himself, other than him. And they're going to sit here all next year with all these lawfares and all these legal proceedings. And that means we're only going to be talking about what? Trump. Outside of our world, people don't care. I don't care about your polls. I care about elections. And we keep losing them. And there's one common refrain. People want the elections to be about them. We can't lose this election. And the problem is, my confidence that Trump can win is lessened by the way I've seen him behave in this primary. He won't take the lifeline on the jab. I mean, people would just... People would be like, okay, thank you for doing that. Now I can go and do what I've wanted to do all along, which is go all in for you. He won't do it. He won't take yes for an answer. You have to take him for an answer. It's about him. And that's what the Democrats want. 
Last night we saw what happens when the elect, when the conversation is about you and not about him. And they got, can it be smoked? Yeah. You saw something get smoked last night. Gavin on the Barbie. Cold smoked, like boys in the hood, kind of a curb stomp. Like a unmarked van pulled up on a street corner. A bunch of dudes just jumped out and curb stomped somebody right there and then just got back in the van and drove off. That's what happened last night. I, I actually think Trump can do all the same things if his ego will allow him to make it about you and not about him. But we've not seen that from King Saul. King Saul wants retribution. King Saul wants vengeance. The people don't give a turd about whether the king's name is Saul, Newsom, Biden. They just want leadership. They want to be able to afford groceries and gas. That's all they care about. The problem is, right now on our side, our entire industry is Trump derangement syndrome, one way or the other. Will you turn Trump into an idol? Either is an object of your positive grift or your negative one. And that's exactly the conversation our enemy wants to have. I have a proposal. Let us not try to beat our enemy with exactly the war plan they would like to go to war with. You can convince me that Donald Trump is incapable or is capable of talking about something other than himself for nine months next year, then cool, I'm in. But I have to tell you, the way this process has gone has not given me a lot of confidence. And if you're being honest, probably not most of you either, that he's capable of doing that. And all the talk about we can't let him do that to him and what's happening to him is unfair, I agree with all of that and always have. You want, to, you, want, you want someone to blame for, for Ron DeSantis' clumsy campaign rollout? Blame me. Because I was one of the people that heavily lobbied and pressured him to go out there and march and state that you cannot extradite Donald Trump in my state. He did it. And shortly thereafter, his polling numbers started to collapse. Well, Steve, he should have sounded more like Vivek and slobbered all over Trump all year. Vivek did that. And just when his campaign was gaining some relevancy, it collapsed. The minute Vivek went down to Miami and put on a truth hat and started doing videos with Laura Loomer, he hasn't been taken seriously ever since. He did, Vivek Ramaswamy ran the exact campaign that Trump Grift Corps told Ron DeSantis to run, and yep. it wrecked him. It absolutely wrecked him as a brand. Yep. So I can't tell if it was the dumbest or most brilliant political advice, whether they, they baited it into him like a free safety baits a quarterback into making that throw, or whether they earnestly thought that would work. But it killed Vivek Ramaswamy. Killed him. A guy who started the year with a very promising intellect, with wanting to have some serious national conversations, instead started wearing truth hats and following Trump around like a, like a groupie. And it killed him. He's got to completely reinvent himself. He wants to run for office again, somewhere else down the line. DeSantis listened to people like me. He did what we wanted. All right, fine. I'll, 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 won't let him, I won't let him extradite my primary political rival, and it killed him right out of the gate. Oh, you're just mini-Trump then. And that's, that's, that's where the whole Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, 
you know, Rubio Kasich wing of the party obsession came from. They were all in for DeSantis. They were willing to put up with him being a right winger, provided he'd save him from Trump losing another election. But then when he said he'd defend Trump, they all left. Well, you're just mini Trump. Then we're out. So blame that on me. He took my advice. Didn't work. Blew up on him. I just want to win. To quote the great, late, great Rush Limbaugh, my success is not dependent on who wins elections whatsoever. I've been a part of a lot of losing campaigns. So the fact that I'm still here has proven that. (laughs) All right. If I had to be on winning campaigns to be successful, then this, this thing would have blown. I'd, I'd have been unemployed a long time ago. My success rises and falls on two things. The grace of God, whether I'm doing what he has called me to do, and I won't do this one day more or one day less than he has called me to do it. And then number two, whether I do it to the best of my God-given ability, it rests on me and my ability, not on my association with any particular candidates. I honestly don't care who wins. I really don't. I just want to win. I just want to win. And I just don't believe, and, and because of evidence, because of the last seven years of elections, I don't believe making the whole conversation about Donald Trump wins. It might win for those who want access to him at Mar-a-Lago. It might win for those who want to be on the, on, on the, speak, on the mainstream conservative speaker circuit and get their slot at CPAC. That's where it may win. But where the real people are, it does not win. So whether it's him or DeSantis or your mom, whoever's the nominee next year is going to have to figure out how to talk to the American people about what they want to talk about and they care about themselves and their futures. And I just don't see a lot of ability of Donald Trump. He has, he has, he has gone after people, mainly DeSantis, in ways he never had to do it. Sit down, son. It's not your time. I've already been proven on the big stage. Could you imagine if Trump just showed up at the very first debate, dropped that on DeSantis? This only would have ended right then. This may work. Campaigning this way may end up winning this nomination, but the amount of scorched earth damage that has been done in this process, completely collateral and unnecessary. I have way more people in my inbox this, this time around telling me they'll never vote for Trump than I saw in 2015 and 2016. Way more. I could do Feedback Friday on those emails every week. But I don't because I just don't think it's productive. But that's, that's something I haven't told you before. Next to emails about nefarious or theology. The number one email I have received in the year 2023 are people telling me they'll never vote for Trump again after the way he's behaved in this campaign. So if it's just as simple as he was a better president than Biden and America was better than he, when he was president, I agree with both those things. If it's just that simple, then why can't your boy just stay on that message if it's just that simple? Because it is that simple. But here's the problem. American people vote for candidates, not messages. Messaging helps, but they vote for the candidate. No one went went on a ballot and circled, make America great again. No one went on a ballot and circled, morning in America again. No one went on a ballot and circled, chicken in every pot. No one ever went on a ballot and circled, tippy canoe and Tyler too. 
they circled the names or filled in the names or wrote in the names of people. I just think our odds, and I think it's not crazy, but it's empirical, observational data on the table. The odds we will win talking about Trump are lower than the odds we will win talking about you and your neighbor. That's it. That's it. We never did get the feedback Friday, man. I'm sorry. Could do feedback Monday. You know what? That's a good idea. That's a great idea. But you're just, just trying, uh, no, you're just trying to get out of choosing questions, Todd. <laughs> no, but it kind of serves the same purpose. It, it does yeah. in a way. <laughs> yeah, it's not much different than a feedback. Yeah, I'm like, that's a great idea. We'll do feedback Monday. Also saves Done. me from having to put to, to put together graphics. Too, well, now so. we get to the true agenda here. Yeah, yeah. What, whatever. What saves Aaron from having to work more? Yeah, he just tried to shank me. Yeah. <laughs> defense for you getting out of something. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm heading out. Uh, I got to go speak this weekend. You guys have a great weekend. We'll be back again on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.